to the Internet Comics. I'm Alex Eshtet. I'm Matt Golden. And this week, we're going to be talking about The Inhumans, the ABC show. Primarily the pilot and the episode that aired right after the pilot. Yeah, the first two shows, back-to-back. Thank God for that. I could not have lived with myself if I only had one episode of The Inhumans to watch. The Inhumans airs, or aired, depending on when you're listening to this, on ABC on a weird Friday night time slot, which I thought was kind of strange, but that's beside the point. That's when everybody decides to get together yeah. with the family, watch some ABC television. Good family fun. Only an eight-episode run. It's in the same universe, we assume, as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all the other Marvel stuff. We haven't seen anything shared with any of the movies or other TV shows yet. And the Inhumans are a comic that were created by some of the pioneers of comics. Maybe you guys have heard of these people, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, they're some of the underground creators of comics. They created the Inhumans a long-ass time ago. Do you want to give a plot summary? Uh, I suppose I can give a plot summary. So, Ramsey Bolton is an evil fuckhead. <laughs> Shocker, right? Okay, so I'm going to try to take over this plot summary. <laughs> no, no, I got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, essentially the plot is this wonderful inhuman superhero type of people who are hiding from actual humans on earth. Uh, they live on the moon and basically the whole plot of the first two episodes is the King's brother decides he's going to overtake the King. Yeah. It centers on Royals. Like it says like the Royal family, but I don't, doesn't, it, they're not all related, at least not in the comics or in the show, but they're part of the royal family in some capacity. Yeah, they're not nearly as cool as Prince Harry or William. The story centers around Black Bolt and his wife, Medusa, who have superpowers, as you might have guessed for a show like this. They are the king and queen, and like Matt said, Black Bolt's brother, Maximus, is upset uh, because he assumes that, or not he assumes, but he doesn't have any powers or abilities like other inhumans do. And he's used that to feel victimized, feel justified in his actions to try and usurp his brother from the throne. So he's got, like, little wiener complex? Yeah, basically exactly that. Yeah, and he's mad about it, so he's going to try and overthrow his brother, kick him out of Moon Planet. Uh, what's that? What's their their world called? It's called Attilin. Yes, Attilin. Uh, and so... Really, the inciting incident that happens is we find out that Black Bolt had sent a member of the human royal family down to Earth to rescue the inhumans that were being born or created, I should say, by the Terragenesis on Earth. Terragenesis is... Yeah, back up, yeah. You're just throwing <laughs> everybody to the wolves here. It's represented as a crystal that unlocks an inhuman's ability. A human does not know what they're going to be. They could have butterfly wings or they could get projector eyeballs. It's... That projector eyeball thing was cool as fuck. That thing was terrifying looking <laughs> and awesome all at the same time. Or also, you could be uh, absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's true too. Process. Yeah, or, or or you could just convulse and just have seizures. Like that could be your human ability, just to be sick constantly. Anytime somebody you love touches you, yeah. you, you fall down and nearly die. Yeah, I mean, but that is kind of a cool concept. Like you don't know what you're walking into whenever you unlock your abilities, and it seems to be. A great honor and a very big ceremony whenever an human goes through that process. The entire royal family, anytime anybody goes through this process, has to stop what they're doing and immediately go to the ceremony. And there definitely seems to be class division 
uh, in the city as well. The royal caste system, yeah. yeah the, the royal definitely above it, and there seems to be seeds of discontent that were sowed by Maximus, but his points didn't really seem unfounded. I did think the show did a good job of making his motive clear and why people would fall in love with him, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Essentially, when they find that's out... That's the plot. You've got it. Yeah. That's that's the first two episodes of Inhumans. Oh, also, he kicks them out of Moonland because he yeah. tries to assassinate well, the actually, entire royal family. He doesn't kick them out of Moonland. They escape thanks to Lockjaw, the teleporting dog. Who is the size of six elephants. Yeah, his food bill must be ginormous. I don't care about his food bill. What do you think about his actual look? Why is this man, this, uh, wait, is Larkjaw a former person, or was he always a dog that just happens to He was always a dog. God damn it, that'd be so cool. (laughs) Matt just had a major realization. He was like, that is the worst inhuman transformation ever. (laughs) He just becomes someone's pet? Yeah. Yeah, that would kind of suck. But yeah, uh, eventually, as you can imagine, uh, the story gets moved to Earth. Most of the royal family gets sent down to Earth by Lockjaw, separated. That's kind of the journey, whether to find each other, surviving in a strange place, trying to stop Maximus from overthrowing the throne, and also trying to see if their fallen inhuman brother, Triton, is still alive. Yes, and Lockjaw's owner, who is the sister of the Queen Medusa... Yeah, Crystal. Yes, Crystal. Absolutely. I knew that, obviously. She sends Lockjaw on these missions to save everybody... And bring them all together on Earth. And Lockjaw, that stupid fucking dog, separates every last one of those motherfuckers. I feel like we're like dog thing to do. Yeah. Oh, Lockjaw, yeah. you just got everybody it's killed. good enough. It, it's like when you throw the ball for your dog and they run and get in their mouth and they just stare at you like 20 yards away. <laughs> I got Holding it in their mouth. Yeah. But that's pretty much summed up without, I mean, there was a lot of spoilers, but I don't want to ruin the ending or anything like that. No, of course not. Yeah. So tell me what, uh, what characters... You like what characters you did not like. Actually, as far as the characters, actually, have you read any of the human comics before? I have not, unfortunately. But let me tell you, I did a little research on them, and I really wanted to read them until I saw this uh, these first two episodes. I I watched, uh, not watched, I've read probably every human comic for the past four years, and then so sparingly throughout like the past decade. Have you uh, read the Karnak series? Yeah, I have. I want to uh, read that one. That one looked really good. The Karnak series is great. It's been my favorite human book out of the past half century. They're not, never my favorite books, but a lot of them are fun. Definitely entertaining read. Good to know. Now, what about the cast? Do you have any past experiences seeing them? Anything else? Any actors or actresses? Or actually, sorry, any actors you like in the cast? No. So, you never watched Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, I've seen Ramsey Bolton before, yes. He's uh, absolutely amazing at, at being a piece of shit, which <laughs> I think they really reeled him in and made him not as terrible, at least to start anyways, which is frustrating, because I just want to see him chop some people's balls off and sick some, uh, I want to see him sick Lockjaw on some people and have them rip them in half. Yeah, I knew Anson Mount, who plays the lead, uh, Black Bolt, he was in Hell on Wheels, which is a series I enjoyed tremendously. On that AMC. was on AMC. Yeah. yeah. Serena Swan has been around for a while. More recently, she was in like the newest season of Ballers, which admittedly was terrible, but I still watched it for some reason. Why? Uh, uh, I don't know. Ken Lung, Karnak himself, the man, the myth, yeah. the legend, as actually probably my, he's definitely my favorite character 
in the show. And that's about the only character <laughs> I have any love for. Really? I have no attachment to Black Bolt, Medusa, Crystal, Lockjaw. They can all burn. Let's just watch what happens when Ramsey gets a, gets a hold of things and fights Karnak. The- I'll watch five seasons of that. Black Bolt's actually one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. I think he's a really interesting, complex character. Yeah, tell him uh, what his superpower is. Basically, if he speaks even a whisper, it could level a building. Uh, It's kind of toned down a little bit, not by much so, in the show. So it's about this man who must have great discipline to control himself. Otherwise, it could collapse and kill entire world civilizations or just even on a close level, anyone around him and anyone he might love. Yeah, his power was all-encompassing. Here's here's my favorite bit of backstory. So again, spoilers. This is, I think, my favorite part of the entire first two episodes because it's fucking absurd to the max. So at the beginning, they show you Medusa, a young teenage Medusa, going up to young teenage Black Bolt and saying, I'm not scared of you. And then, of course, they fall in love and they get married and probably touch each other. As people who are married can do. I mean, the show did open on them in bed together. It it did. It did, actually, yeah. So, later we find out that Black Bolt's parents killed Medusa's parents. And she just goes up to him and is like, I'm not scared of you. Let's let's do this. And then he killed his own parents with his own voice. Yeah. It was magical. It was grand. And now these two... Star-crossed lovers are having the weirdest romance I've ever seen. It's It was an interesting... Like, I would say the first episodes were uneven. There were times where I was like, this is awful. Like, this is the worst thing that Marvel TV has done. And it still might be. Imagine paying um, for that kind of premiere. Because they did this thing in IMAX. That's one thing we should say, too, is it's the first two episodes of this. It was shot with IMAX cameras, and it debuted in in IMAX theaters across the country. Apparently, too, I read that if you saw it, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what I read, that if you saw it in theaters when the second episode started, it aired, like, the previously on. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. And if you watched it on live TV or recorded TV or however you watched it, it didn't have that on there. So I'm a bit skeptical, but it seems like a very inhuman thing to do. Yeah, yeah, with how uneven and bizarre these first two episodes seem to be. Yeah, it's interesting because like, the premise of Triton being down on Earth is that there's people on Earth that carry the Inhumans DNA, and when they unlock or they encounter Terragenesis, they don't look human. So Blackwell wants to rescue them and give them safe harbor on New Tillin. How do you know? He doesn't even say that. <laughs> Actually, and that's... Kind of my problems with the show is at times they just give you way too much information all at once. It's like an, it, it, it's an info dump yeah. uh, and it's just way too much exposition. It's like, we don't need this. We, we understand the audience is, are not idiots. We have some background towards it. And it's kind of funny because really the only people that don't look human for the most part is Triton, who you see at the beginning and the girl he encountered. And then you never see them again. So basically everybody else looks human. There is Gorgon. And he has his hooves for legs, which admittedly is not human. But in the comics, he looks on his upper torso, looks a little bit more beastly and things like that. And they really tone that down for the show. In fact, any character that had any sort of facial change, aside from Karnak's tattoos, is not seen. When we see Nuatillan, everyone has a normal human face 
on New Atillon. Except for hollow projector eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, also, the uh, at the end of episode two, when they uh, transport the girl through Rock Face Man. Yes, Rock Face Man. Yeah. Yeah, Rock- <laughs> Imagine that transformation where you just turn into a giant stone wall face. Yeah, and then, like, the real estate agent on New Atillon just comes to put the for sale sign in front of you. Family moves in. You're, you're saying this. Quick question. Is that what happened to Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple? <laughs> is that how he got like that? Not really should have done that. That would have been a wonderful cameo. Oh, yeah. my God. Why and given Olmec a fantastic Olmec? backstory, too. Let me tell you, Jack, <laughs> Jack Kirby really missed out on one. Stanley, you really fucked up here. That should have been Olmec's backstory. So, you said Karnak was your favorite character. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Karnak does not really look that human. His eyebrows yeah. are shaved the fuck yeah. off. He's got two gigantic Mike Tyson tattoos yeah. on his face. Yeah, he, he would get second looks like if you walk down the street. Yeah, that is not a normal uh, person. He does not look like a human. I think Karnak was my favorite in the series, too. Although I do think the performances by the two leads, Anson Mount and Serena Swan, I thought performance-wise they did a really good job, especially Anson Mount, because you have to do a lot without being able to say anything. And to show... His emotion shows a little expression and the little sign language that he developed with just using his body is a pretty, it's not, it's no easy feat for an actor. And he really pulls it off. I felt like Alex just thinks he's a hunk. This guy literally points at the door and is like, I'm going to go that way. You want me to go over here? Let me point over here. I thought the acting was God awful. Gorgon, absolute shit. Medusa, fucking terrible. Cern Swan, get your shit together for episodes three and four and five and six. Black Bolt, you could use some acting classes, my dude. Learn to talk a little bit, bro. Yeah, learn to talk. Yeah. yeah. Quit being such a jerk. And let me tell you, Ramsey Bolton in this one is so toned, turned down and muted in his acting performance. I love him as an actor, and his Game of Thrones is... I always root for Ramsey because I'm that asshole. Ah, I was frustrated yeah. by it. It's weird to me that they gave him an American accent. It's What's the point? They're, they're not in America. They're, they're, they're on New... Yeah. They can all have whatever accent they want. Yes. It, it doesn't matter. And I, I would prefer fake British accents. Yeah. And they are a royal family, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also thought Lockjaw did a shitty job. The CGI <laughs> Doug was absolutely terrible. He did a bad job at acting. Lockjaw deserves an Emmy nod. Bullshit. But what was your favorite moment in the, in the first few episodes? I had... Two favorite moments. When Karnak basically insults the waitress by saying, oh, I would absolutely love you the first two hours that I knew you, and then I would start to hate you, and the relationship would devolve. I think one of his superpowers, tell me if I'm wrong, is like he can see the future in the manner of speaking. What it is, it, it's kind of hard to represent in film or on the screen, but Karnak's ability that he can see the weakness in anything. So... Whether it be a, a dish on a table, he can see the exact spot where if he touched it, the dish would shatter. Or when he's fighting a group of dudes, he can see exactly what he needs to do in order to win that battle. Thank you for explaining that. Now I'm a little bit more clear on that myself. Yeah, any moment with Karnak in it for the most part, because he has some poorly acted parts too. This whole thing has so many acting holes <laughs> uh, all over it. My next favorite part would probably be the fucking ending. Like, when the credits <laughs> roll, 
It was not great. I'm going to keep watching because the superheroes, duh. But yeah, those first two episodes were weak. I had a few favorite moments. I liked, and this is going to get more spoiler heavy. I liked Black Bolt in the police station. Like him just interacting with the cops without also quickly and him just simulating like, look, I'm not going to do anything. These handcuffs can't do anything to me. I will cooperate. But it also showed one of my worst moments pretty quickly on. So Black Bolt is waiting to get his photograph taken in the police station. For some reason, this podunk police station doesn't have anyone available to take a photo. I know it was a hard skill. While he's standing in front of the mugshot uh, frame, he gets a little call from Medusa on their communication device. And she tells him that they're going to go and kill his brother. But anyone around Blackpool could like hear that conversation. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. Technically, this dude is on a speakerphone. And so he's in a police station, wanted for crimes, and he's getting a phone call out loud with someone... Plotting murder. <laughs> the thing, I was like, I was like, you could have just have, a, have her speak quietly, have him put it up to his ear. This is right after he committed assault? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I enjoyed all the moments with Lockjaw. Lockjaw was fun. Some of the CGI was really cool. Uh, that also, again, that goes into like moments I didn't like. Spoken about unevenness in this series. Some of the CGI looked awesome. Some of the CGI looked terrible. Oh, yeah. Let me just tell you, because I found out ahead of time, before I watched this, I knew what Medusa's superpower is. She can do weird stuff with her hair. I was beyond worried about that with the CGI. The first fight, while being incredibly lame, actually didn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. It didn't really look that bad, because obviously hair doesn't really move and choke people and fight in real life. That CGI kind of impressed me a little bit. Yeah, and one of my other favorite moments was Karnak's fight scene. It starts off really slow and kind of boring, but then as it demonstrates his ability, we actually see him get shot and hunch over and fall into a pool of water. But then it rewinds a little bit, and Karnak says, well, that didn't work. And then it shows him going through his process of what he needs to do in order to win the fight. I thought that was a cool moment. All the while, his body was laying in the body of water in front of him. Very neat Mm -hmm. moment. That was... My favorite fight scene by far. It was interesting. I didn't think the choreography was great. A lot of the fight no. scenes looked sluggish. But for him, it kind of worked because fighting supposed to be so effortless for Karnak that it... But again, that only works if you have knowledge of the character. If you're someone who hasn't read the comics, doesn't know anything about comic or Karnak, you might think that it just looked sluggish the whole time, too. It seemed like IMAX was like, hey, you guys want you want this sweet, coveted spot that nobody's got? And Marvel was like, Fuck it, we'll throw something together in like three days, four days. We can do it with Marvel. Fuck you. Yeah, a lot of it felt rushed, too. Yeah. Uh, and another cool yeah. one, too. My last more like, I didn't, I didn't think Gordon had a lot of great moments in no, the first two episodes. It was overwhelmingly crap. there's a moment where he's surrounded by mercenaries, and he lifts his foot up and stomps the ground, and it reverberates through the ground, knocking everyone to the ground. I thought that was a nice little moment, demonstrating his abilities. It was clear to everyone his power instead of just being a guy with goat feet. Yeah, which was, again, here comes another plot hole. He's surrounded by, like, eight dudes with guns who are just, like, freeze, and he stops, knocks them over, and somehow makes it away still for eight people with guns. So let's get into what we thought were weaker elements of these episodes. <laughs> Has that not been what I've said <laughs> literally the entire time? <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and thought one that really bugged me. Whenever the humans get transported to Earth, 
for each of them, they have a moment of disorientation. Like, what just happened? Like, well, it happened five seconds ago, so you should know. But then also, it gives a brief flashback of what of what we just saw in the palace happening to them two minutes ago. I know with the internet, everyone thinks that humans have goldfish brains, but our attention spans a little bit better than that. Yeah, if you're in a room with this giant teleporting dog, and the dog teleports you, you're not going to be like, holy shit, what just happened? You would obviously know that the dog teleported you because you just saw it left yeah. after it teleported you. And then, like, there's a scene where previously Medusa had gotten her head shaven, and then she's transported, and then it shows us the scene again of her getting her head <laughs> shaven. It's like, I, I didn't know that was a that poor editing choice or showing whoever made that decision. And we see that for, we see some more scene for Karnak, for Gorgon, we see it for, for Black, but we see it for all of them. It was too much and unnecessary. It's like, we have to fill a two-hour runtime, guys. Throw in some filler. So much filler. I did like that scene where they shaved her head. I thought that was yeah, cool. My, got that damn stupid wig off her head. And I actually liked her performance there. Like, you could tell, like, she was in distress. It was emotionally charging. I thought she did a good job. My only problem is that Medusa has this hair, which is this weapon, this ability. And he just took a, took a pair, uh, and her weakness is a pair of, <laughs> <laughs> of Neuralco clippers. Yep. All yeah. you gotta do is cut her hair. Yeah, you just go to Walmart, throw down... 14 bucks at self-checkout, and Medusa's powerless against you. <laughs> yep, yep. Also, too, with Medusa having a shaved head, so <laughs> is she just powerless for, like, it probably took her, like, her entire life to grow her hair that long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is she just powerless for, like, another 20 years? I mean, obviously, when it gets some length, shoulder length, then if you're, like, naked to her, she might be able to <laughs> choke you, but her abilities as, like, a hair assassin... Uh, oh, really, don't worry. I'm sure there's yeah. an inhuman with like hair growing abilities. And that's, I think, another one of the weaknesses in this show is there's a lot of cost cutting measures. We mentioned that all the inhumans look human for the most part. They shaved off Medusa's hair, which I definitely think was a cost cutting measure. Their costumes don't look great, especially Medusa's. Medusa's outfit looks like it was a rejected prom dress out at an outlet mall. Oh, yeah. And then you get to see her gross toes step on that comm link, <laughs> which is another problem I have. She steps on this comm link because it's like, oh, no, they can track me and they can come find exactly where I am from my space planet Attilan. And she steps on it but doesn't break it and they still drag it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a queen. She doesn't seem like she's the brightest in the bunch at that moment. No, not really at all. Actually, though, I do want to go back to one of my all-time favorite moments in these episodes that I forgot about. It's a super dark moment. That Medusa and Ramsey's lead assassin is sent to Earth to stop and kill her. Medusa has a knife and just stabs the woman in the gut repeatedly and oh, leaves her for yeah. dead. It got super dark right there, like out of nowhere. I and I thought that. that was cool. But back to, we're on least favorite moments. And there's some absurd things. Like Medusa comes out. Oh, we forgot to mention, when they get transported, they all get transported to lovely Hawaii. So, if you're a showrunner, and you're like, where do I want to work? You're like, hey, maybe we should shoot on Hawaii. It's based in Hawaii. Smart decision there, Scott Buck. But Medusa comes out of the Hawaiian fields onto your road, and she's a tour bus there, people taking pictures out of leaves and grass and a random road in Hawaii, which didn't really make much sense. And she asked them where this bus is going. How does Medusa know what a bus is? She's never seen yeah. a bus in her life. Yep, yeah. yeah. Black Bolt sees cars, Lockjaw sees cars, they are confused and stunned. No idea what these things are. Medusa apparently just secretly binging Netflix shows to get an idea of human history (laughs) or Earth history. That's a bus. Yeah. But 
She just gets on the bus. And what killed me is no one gave her a second glance. Here is a stunning woman with a shaved head wearing a rejected Costco prom dress. And she's yeah. dirty as hell yeah. at this point. She yeah. just trekked through the forest. Wearing an Easter purple. So it stands out. Yeah. 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 And no one gives her a second look, question or anything like that at all. No. Let's go to town. No, not even that. I would have appreciated that. I would appreciate someone making a move on her. All we <laughs> see in the foreground is just some guy peeling uh, looks like an apple. I guess that's supposed to rent, represent the loss of Medusa's hair because the apple doesn't get peel. But I think that's giving the show too much credit. I think that's probably what they meant. They're like, oh, man, we're going to be really, really deep. The apple loses its peel. She lost her hair. Red, red. No. Nope. Yeah, that's a good point. There's literally... There's literally no significance to that. I do think Maximus has the potential to be a great villain. We did mention that Maximus has no abilities, which might make him seem non-threatening. In the comics, Maximus is one of the most clever, uh, intelligent, and ruthless people in the Inhumans comic world. He's a uh, little rapey for me in this yeah. uh, television I mean, show. Unfortunately, the actor's been typecast at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really has. I'm all for the evil thing. Yeah, Dave. but he seems to have good potential, but... His main henchman, the one he sent down to kill the humans, seemed a little flat and a little weak. Uh, didn't seem like she would pose a big threat. No, uh, she's like, let me, any of these. let me go single-handed and wrap up these four royal humans yeah. with the best powers. I got this, guys. Let me have my tiny little pretend pistol. And to me, one of the biggest problems of the show, and it goes back to a larger Marvel Cinematic Universe problem, is that there was... No references to anything with the Marvel films. No references to any of the Netflix Marvel shows. But there was no reference to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is strange to me because the lead character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is an Inhuman. And it doesn't have to be like a major reference. They even show up at points this, what we assume, some shadow ops tracking stuff between the moon and Earth. They could have been a splinter group of S.H.I.E.L.D., just something, anything. To show that this is part of the larger universe. Maybe it's going to be like a prequel yeah. to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. That Maybe. would make sense. You ever thought of that? Maybe no. the main character's still chilling. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't make sense logically. Nope. Okay. If you've seen S.H.I.E.L.D. So, so, I don't know. I mean, it's something that could get worked out in the remaining six episodes. But, Let's hope not. Uh, for a <laughs> launch point, uh, I definitely think that was troubling. So, what do you rate this? <laughs> you go first, my friend. You go first. I'm going to give it a five. It would have been a lot lower if it was just the first half of the show. I think the last 20 minutes, it started to find some footing. I'm not hopeless, but, I mean, it's I don't see it climbing. I don't, think, I don't see this entering the list of anyone's top three favorite Marvel TV shows, not even Marvel projects. Yeah, there are some standout moments, some cool characters that, that make me want to keep watching, but I don't really care about... 80% of these people, they could be dead to me in episode three or four, and I really wouldn't care. Let's focus on those people I like, but I know that they're going to keep focusing on those other ones. So going forward, I think this is going to be like a two and a half, three for me. Really low, but I'm, it's only six episode run, so I, I can stomach four more episodes of this. Yeah, episode. that's what I was going to ask you, if you're going to keep watching. And uh, I am going to keep watching as well, and part of it is because it has that short episode run. If it was 22 episodes, I probably would have given up after this. But there was a little bit of redemption, I felt, in the end. So we'll see where it goes. It's not a huge time commitment. Yeah, there's a, 
anytime a, a show starts off bad, you got to give it a little bit for the the characters to to get their footing with one another. They they've got to build cohesion. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I don't know. I think Netflix and the binging psychology have like changed my viewing habits somewhat. I have this inner rule, like I always watch an episode for a TV show for three or four episodes. And then I decide whether it's something I'm going to keep watching or just throw it aside. Oh, yeah. There's every bit of chance that in two more episodes, I'm just over this. So would you recommend this? Actually, let me put this this way. So would you recommend the show to comic book readers? Absolutely, I would. Okay. Would you recommend the show to people who have seen the Marvel movies and other Marvel TV shows? Absolutely, I would, yes. Would you recommend this as someone's first Marvel television show? God, no. I, if you aren't a fan of comic book stuff or you're just trying to get into it, stay the fuck away from, from Inhumans because it's going to be grueling, I imagine, for at least another week or two. And we should say that the reviews for the, the pilot episode and the second episode were pretty awful. I don't think it was as terrible as it was made out to be, but I think that also might have affected my judgment because when you go with low expectations, uh, you can you tend to, or, I, or at least I tend to, see some positive things out of it. Oh, yeah. The yeah. lower your expectations, the higher the end result is. And that's that's pretty standard. And let me tell you, I had some really, really low expectations going in there. But unfortunately, they kind of fell right in line on this one. Yeah. I mean, just think it was bad television. you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> <laughs> That about sums up the Inhumans for me. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of the Henchmen of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmenofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on the Twitter. For the Henchmen of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. I'm Ramsey Bolton uh, hyphen Matt Golden. Henchin ain't easy. (laughs) 